You're listening to the Quicker Than Fast podcast with your hosts, Michael and Robert Hardwick. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Quicker Than Fast Podcast to stay up to date on NFL news, information regarding episodes, and to join the conversation. And why not hit that like and share button on our Facebook page? And thank you for your support. Ladies and gentlemen, pull out your hair ties. It's time to let your hair down and truly get funky. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 12 of the Quicker Than Fast podcast. As always, I'm your host, Michael Hardwick, joined again by my brother and my co-host, Robert. Hey. Um, today we're recording in the Your Name Here studios. That's right, people. We have ran out of sponsorship. So if you're looking to get your name out on a podcast, get in touch with us, I guess. But yeah, for this one, Your Name Here studios. Um, and for episode 12, um, we are going to do a fan recommendation for this episode. Um, if you hadn't heard episode 11 yet, we had a contest uh, to try to get into our um, fantasy football um, group. We had, a, we had a contest to, to give us a recommendation. Isaac Bowman won that contest by giving us the first recommendation. Um, and, and he wanted to just, us to talk about the upcoming season a little bit, talk about you know the release of the schedule, some games we're looking forward to, um, and just some overall thoughts on that. Um, so Isaac has won a spot. Isaac, being a fan of the New England Patriots, thinks that they are going to repeat in the NFC East, or AFC East, my bad. Um, and I know we'll have plenty of discussion on that later on. Um, in future episodes, as as we think there might be a chance for the Patriots to be dethroned in the AFC East. Yeah, so we'll jump in right into the schedule release a little bit. Uh, after going through it, we kind of picked out our toughest and you know weakest schedules out there. And the toughest, you talk about the Patriots, they're right at the top of the list for having the toughest schedules. So it's a bad time to be losing Tom Brady and the boys. And and I think it's going to be really hard for them with a, or a second-year quarterback going in to the season. Well, not only the Patriots have a tough schedule. I mean, the Jets are right there with them. I know the Dolphins aren't far behind. The AFC East this year, just bad luck, you know, luck of the draw. They got a tough schedule. So again, it goes back to the idea of, well, the Patriots, are they going to be better suited for that? But yeah. And then we go into the weakest and I mean, maybe the best team outside of the chiefs in the NFL have the weakest schedule with the Baltimore Ravens. So if you're looking for fantasy numbers, like we talked about last week with things, look to Ravens players because they might be putting up big numbers. Yep. And then again, in that division, the Steelers have it. And of course, the Dallas Cowboys, NFL gifts them again with a, a pretty easy, <clears throat> excuse me, pretty easy schedule. Um, so again, we'll, we'll see them a lot too. Yeah, but so, what's, what's so, your overall thoughts really on the release of the NFL schedule? I know there was a lot of takeaways. People were really talking about how the NFL kind of has some flexibility in the schedule. So if we do see a rise in cases, if fans are back, what was your big takeaway of the schedule? Well, Tampa Bay, it's your time to shine because – You've gone years without primetime games. You've been really looking to step up on the national light. And with Tom Brady, Gronk, and the boys getting there, you're going to step up and you're going to be on TV a lot. I also think they did a good job with pairing teams up that are kind of top-level tier teams. I mean, you're not watching the Jaguars, you know, play the Jets anymore and things like that. So I think they really dove into that and said, how can we make things more competitive, help viewership, I mean, Monday Night Football, they got rid of announcers that were crappy, too. So I think it's finally going to be an enjoyable season once we get to primetime games. Yeah, RIP, Burger. But um, I would say I'm going to dovetail off that. You know, I my big takeaway was like, wow, the Chiefs, they were already must-watch TV, and they're going to keep even being um, more tantalizing to watch because and, – and just more entertaining overall. They're playing Ravens. They're playing these great teams um, week in and week out. I mean, so they're, they're going to be must-watch. Also, I thought interesting, too, last year in the NFL schedule – 
I had noticed they had they had upped the amount of games the Ravens were playing on primetime. And that was coming, you know, Lamar hadn't broken out yet. This was Mars first season. NFL kind of projected maybe a Lamar Jackson breakout. This year, could you guess what team that is that the NFL has maybe upped that primetime game for? I don't know. You're going to have to tell me. Uh, Buffalo Bills, actually. Okay. They went from one primetime game last year to four, and I know they made the playoffs, but I'm just I'm curious on that. You know, I like the Bills going forward. I'm wondering if maybe that's that's kind of something I took They're thinking maybe schedule. Josh Allen's going to take, take a step. step. Yep, absolutely. So, Well, we're going to dive into we both picked three games that we're really interested in here in the upcoming season based off of Isaac's uh, suggestions. Yep. yep. And – so I'm going to start first. I'll go through my three games, then I'll let Michael go through them. My first game that I saw was the Bucks at Saints. The reason for this, obviously you got Brady with the Bucks. The Saints have Drew Brees, and it's week one. So right off the bat, you're getting the two going at it in New Orleans. And so I just think it starts the season out right and kind of sets the tempo for what the NFC South is going to be like. So let me ask you this. Who are you taking week one, Bucks saints I'm taking the Saints. I just think there's – there's they mesh better because they've been together longer I don't know if I mean Brady's golfing today as we're recording this so I don't know how much time he's going to get with his players before they head down to New Orleans yeah and Robert and I've talked about this a lot we think the teams that are going to have the most success this season especially early are those teams that you don't have a lot of shakeup in right New Orleans doesn't have a lot of shakeup Kansas City doesn't have a lot of shakeup Tampa Bay has the most shakeup probably in the league so we look at those two maybe struggling early I mean they're going to have success but I, I agree with you. I think at home, Saints with that with that stable roster. Yeah, and so my next game will be the Chiefs at Ravens, two teams like you talk about that don't have a lot of shakeup, and it's going to be a high-scoring affair, I think. I mean, both defenses, they, they lack a little bit when stopping teams. I mean, the Ravens are a little bit better than the Chiefs in that regard, but that's a week three matchup, and I, I think everybody's going to be tuned into what these two quarterbacks can do. And to me, right, this one's very interesting because your favorite, the, the best team in that is the Chiefs, but it's in Baltimore, which is not an easy place to play. Yep. Again, pretty early in the schedule. Um, I, I think that's really interesting. Who are you taking, Chiefs, Ravens? Um, I'm going to take the Chiefs in that one. I get it's at Baltimore, but I just I think the Chiefs are so focused on you know we what it's like to have home field advantage at home. They see the benefit of it. Even at week three, it's an important game to win for the season. And me, I'm going to take Ravens in that one. I mean, it's tough. I'm going with the home field advantage primarily. Um, you know, if this was a week one game, you're not going to bet against Andy Reid, but I think week three – Going to Baltimore, I'm going to take the Ravens with the Chiefs not able to stop. Yeah, them. and so we'll move, move or we'll move on to week th- or not week 16 here. This is my third game, and this is the Eagles at Cowboys. And my reason for this pick is I don't think it's necessarily the sexiest game on the schedule, but it usually determines the division at the end of the season. And as we saw last year, it comes down to a shootout. So I think it's a must-watch game at the end of the year. Yep, and always a big game. You mm-hmm. know, you're right that you know those NFC East games down towards the end of the year are always fun to watch. Where are you taking Eagles-Cowboys in that one, Week 16 in Dallas? Well, I'm probably going to take the Cowboys right now just because I think they have more offensive weapons. i got to see what Wentz is going to be like once the season starts and kind of see how those receivers gel with him. And personally, me, I do think the Eagles win that division. So if I'm saying that for how big of a game that is, I'm going to have to say Eagles win that. Not just really biased, it's just my opinion on the overall roster. Yeah, so we'll jump in and let Michael take his three games here. Yeah, so I kind of – my first one I started with just, again, another – a lot of Chiefs on here, but Chiefs-Bucks. Uh, week 12 Chiefs at the Buccaneers I think it's a chance to see by then you're going to have teams really you know bye weeks might be over for some teams you're going to be kind of over the middle of the season hump you're going to start to see the playoff push happening for these teams so you should see the prime Buck team at this point going up against a prime Chief team and I will say this is the Bucs have the offensive weapons to compete with the Chiefs offense my only concern and I'll ask you this is can Brady 
throw the ball and keep up with Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, the weapons are there to do that, right? So, I mean, you'd think as long as the offensive line can hold up and give Brady time, then yes. And if they can get some some run game, because, again, you want to keep the Chiefs off the field, you're going to have to run the ball. I'm taking Chiefs in that game, though. I mean, we're looking, you know, it's still ways out. But, yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs. Yeah, and I'm going to take the Bucks in this one. I just think they have a defense that's kind of up and coming. Absolutely. And, and so I think they'll be able to stop that run game, you know, and close down some def- or some wide receivers that they have. And so I think then you really see the weapons that the Bucks have not have to go over the top compared to what they might have had to do last year. Now, my next game isn't necessarily the most exciting for most people. But for me, I, I can't wait for it. And it's probably not going to be – it's not a primetime game. It might not even be on our local channels. But that's the Bengals at the Dolphins. This to me is just – it's because of the amount of rookies on those teams. You know, plus both of them could be in contention next year for these top 10 picks. And this is dependent dependent on if Tua plays this year or not. I mean, it's a big game. It will be a big game whether Fitzpatrick plays or not. If Fitzpatrick's playing, I'm still watching that game. I I absolutely love Fitzpatrick. But, yeah, it's mainly just to be able to watch the amount of – you know, 11 rookies there for the Dolphins – you got Joe Burrow for the Bengals, and there are other weapons too. It, it, to me, it's just it's a really cool game to see how players. It's week thirteen. You'll you'll have thirteen weeks ahead of you now to see how these rookies have have shown out. And I'm going to take the Bengals in this game. I know we like the Dolphins. I'm taking the Bengals because I think they have more offensive weapons now. And by week thirteen, Joe Burrow should be going. I'm 100. Sure. And I'm going to I'm going to go with the Dolphins. And I think it's. I mean, I know you agree with me too. Brian Flores, we think, is the real deal as a coach. And I think the culture he's instilling there. I do think the Dolphins are closer to being eight and eighteen than maybe the Bengals are. Um, as long, I mean, we'll see though. I, I mean, I think the Bengals are going on the right track too. So. Uh, my last game, though, it's another kind of more interesting one, but 49ers at the Patriots. Um, I wanted to throw a Patriots game in there because they, they're still going to be very interesting to see what they do with, like you said, a year or two. Jared Stidham, this is week seven, so you're getting kind of in the middle of the season. The big reason why 49ers at Patriots, what will Jimmy G do against the Patriots? This is where you're going to see this mashup of like, okay, Brady's gone now. You could have had Jimmy G at the Patriots. Now he's at the Niners. Can Stidham outduel? Garoppolo. Yeah, and I mean, this would have been bigger game last year with Brady Garoppolo, but I still think, especially like you talk about, Stidham's supposed to be the future now. Garoppolo was supposed to be the future, and so it's really going to collide. I wouldn't be surprised in this game if the Patriots beat the Niners. The Niners' defense is really good, but it just seems like that cross-country travel, the Niners have a tendency to lose some easier games at times. And so I could just see the Patriots catching them by surprise. Yep, and I think one of the big ways you do beat the Patriots is you run the ball, and we've seen that time and time again. And I think Niners will win this one. Yeah, I I, I do fear that that road trip, and I don't know who they're playing before, maybe or whatnot. But um, I do think Niners will win that one. Inexperience from Stidham, that amazing run game and pass rush of the Niners will be too much for him. Um, the other thing we wanted to do a little bit was just talk, um, maybe a. Uh, under the radar game that we're kind of excited about, or maybe a, a matchup in division that we're excited about. We've talked about it. The Broncos are an exciting team to watch. I think they'll be exciting on TV and they should be on local channels. How do you feel about Broncos chargers twice, a, twice a year, uh, week 11, week 16, they're going to be hard fought games. Chargers have a good defense. Broncos have some good pass rushing there. I mean, they're really going to get after it. I like the Broncos in there. I just Tyrod Taylor's not going to put up big yards like drew lock is. And so I like the Broncos in week 11, week 16. It all depends on if Justin Herbert's playing by then. Would you say at this moment Chargers are a better team than the Broncos overall team? I I think they are just because of their defense and I think the weapons that they have. I mean, the Broncos leave a lot to be desired on their defensive side right now. And so 
if they were lining up today, I'd take the Chargers. I just think, yeah, they're going to split, right? If it's in Denver, I think Denver's going to pull it out. If it's in LA, you know, the Chargers are going to pull it out. That's another thing from the schedule to take away too. There seems to be zero concern about these new stadiums being built. LA, they've, mm-hmm. they've put a lot of primetime games there in LA. So it's pretty clear that they're ready for that, that stadium to be done and built. I know another one here um, um, for our Vikings fans out there. I'm sure they're going to be circling this one too. But Saints at Vikings, uh, you know, Saints-Vikings games tend to never disappoint. Week 16, so you're talking the end of the season. Your thoughts? Oh, we'll see if Kyle Rudolph can stop from pushing off or whatever in the end zone like <laughs> the end of last year. I mean, in all seriousness, it's going to be a great game. Every time those two play, I mean, it's a high-scoring physical game. And I don't see why it would be any different at the end of the season here. I think it'll. I think it will determine the top couple seeds in the NFC, like it always is. Absolutely, there's a lot riding on that game. I mean, my pick is that the Saints are are the division leaders at the end of the day for the NFC South. So it might not be as important for them as it is the Vikings. Um, but again, you're talking Week 16. All, all those games are important, and you're talking two teams that kind of hate each other. Yeah, and I want to throw another game out there, and it's Week One, and it's the Packers and Vikings. I mean, right off the bat, you got division rivalry going on, hate each other. And depending on what there is for an offseason, it's two teams that don't have a whole lot that have changed over the last year. And so it could be a really good game right off the bat. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's obviously going to set a tone. I mean, the it, it always does. Those early games, those in-division games set a tone. I'm going to let you see what your bias says here. Who are you taking Packers Vikings early in the season I'm going to take the Vikings I just think with their run game and things like that they can kind of set a tone and control uh control the tempo of the game my only question is and I'm interested to see it is how the Packers offenses run and we'll talk about this in upcoming episodes but are, are they just planning on running the ball or does Aaron Rodgers come out pissed off and you know have an MVP type of season yeah, and I got another one to throw out there too and it's definitely bias on our parts here but we have an Eagles Packers game again this season and last year that was one of the best games of the year Thursday night game we were watching it at your house uh, Eagles did end up beating Packers um, on the back of Jordan Howard's I want to say that was his two or three touchdown game um, but definitely a down to the wire game kind of a surprise win for the Eagles after the I mean that was only one of the few losses Packers had last year yeah and the they pa- play again week 13 this year in Green Bay uh, I'm excited for that one. Again. Yeah, and when we do do division breakdowns, we'll talk about schedules more and how tough they are. I mean, the Packers are kind of that middle of the road. The The Eagles have what they call the an easier schedule than the Packers. I think They're, 25th. Yeah, is there's not here. much difference in them. But, I mean, any given Sunday you can get caught. Yeah, and, you know, one, one other thing that Isaac wanted us to do was talk about um, maybe like the division breakdowns, ranking them, how, how we think teams are going to kind of finish. We already plan on doing that down the road a little bit with some of our upcoming episodes. So we decided to turn away from that. We did talk about the schedules. Um, let us know your guys' thoughts. Who, What games are you look, most looking forward to as fans of your team? What game are you circling on the schedule saying maybe this is a make-or-break team? Let us know. Um, I do think the schedule has a lot of a lot of really good TV to watch, and I can't wait um, to see that back on TV. But we, t- we decided to turn. What we're going to do is actually tell you our favorites, maybe some sleepers or some players we're thinking are going to fit in an MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, course offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year so that's the way we're going to go with the rest of this episode it's going to be a shorter episode um but we're just going to start it off with the rookies robert give me your thought on the defensive rookie of the year again this was a pretty good defensive rookie class you had the jeffrey okudas the Derek browns the kinlaws um chase youngs isaiah simmons what are you thinking for this defensive rookie of the year well and i think there's probably three guys that have realistic chances that are i mean strong you talk about chase young isaiah simmons Jeffrey Okuda's in there. 
cornerbacks don't win them very often. I'm going to go Isaiah Simmons. I, I just think the team lacks so much on defense that he's going to be able to be all over the field doing everything. And I, and I think on a team that's going to be on a national stage a little bit more this year, I think he's going to get seen. And so I, I, I like him as a pick maybe over the obvious of Chase Young. Yeah, I mean, Chase Young is kind of, I think, the most the, the, the betting favorite to be rookie of the year. They have a lot of mouths to feed, though, on that defensive line. You know, I don't know how exactly that's going to work out. I mean, it worked out for Bosa with the Niners, but we'll have to see. Yeah, Isaiah Simmons, obviously my favorite player pretty much in the entire draft class. We've talked about that. Yeah, he's going to get interceptions, sacks, fumbles, tackles. He might have um, a, enough total um, total coverage and, and people watching him to, to get that defensive rookie of the year. I like that pick. And mine, I'm going with a little bit of a sleeper pick a little bit, um, and that's Kenneth Murray, the linebacker out of Oklahoma. Um, my, my number one linebacker outside of Isaiah Simmons, you know, he was kind of that combo guy. Kenneth Murray, my number one middle linebacker out of the class. Chargers traded back up into the first round to get him. Goes to an already very good defense, but a defense that needed a middle linebacker and a leader. One thing that's underrated about Kenneth Murray's game, he's going to get sacks. And he's going to be left to right, up and down. He's going to be all over the field. And I think if he can stay on the field, stay healthy, and get those sack totals, he could be defensive. And, and what I'll say about him is he has the potential to set like rookie records for total tackles. Look at what he did at Oklahoma. I mean, he had 100-plus tackle seasons, and I don't think that's going to change in an already stacked defense. And one thing we – we the thing that separated him between P- Patrick Queen at the Ravens was just that ability to get to the quarterback through a blitz. He, he blitzes a lot more than Queen, and you kind of need those numbers to help you with the defensive rookie of the year. But, yeah, with a loaded defense like that, I think he's going to have a little bit more of an opportunity to shine um, because he might not be having you know as much coverage on him or, or double teams, things like that. All right, let's move to the offensive side. Your offensive rookie of the year. I think I might know what you're going to go with here, but who are you picking offensive player? Yeah, rookie of the year. Normally, you'd like to go with quarterbacks on them just because, I mean, they get the attention. You take higher picks. I'm going to go CeeDee Lamb just because of the attention with the Cowboys. I think he's going to have a good year, I mean, in total yards and touchdowns. But as we talked about previous, the Cowboys have so many primetime games that he's going to be in the spotlight all the time. And so I think when voters go to, I mean, put in their ballot – CD Lamb's going to be on there just because of the exposure. Yeah, and that pains me. It's like you know a knife in my back thinking CD Lamb offensive, you know, rookie and, of the year. And that's nothing against him as a player and the Cowboys. And I think he'll have a great year. But just being able to be in the spotlight helps so much more when it comes time to vote. Yep, I there's I have no no disagreements. He's he's the my favorite as a as a wide receiver to to be the best rookie this coming year as well. I'm going again a little sleeper here. Cam Akers. I I think. Between him, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you're talking some of those rookies we talked about in the last episode. Go back and listen to that if you haven't. Cam Akers might have the best chance of breaking through with Edwards-Alaire. Edwards-Alaire's got to get past Williams, Damian Williams. Edwards-Alaire, I know they like Malcolm Brown. I know that they like Daryl Henderson. But if Cam Akers early, with all the potential he has in talent, this under-the-radar talent, if he can break through quick and kind of take over what Todd Gurley was, you're talking catches, ton of touchdowns, rushing, and I think... He could be what Josh Jacobs kind of was last year um, for the Raiders. So a little bit of a sleeper pick with my two rookies. But I think both guys that will make a big impact, um, we'll see whether or not it's enough to be a rookie of the year. Now to move, we're going to move to the defensive player of the year as as a whole. Um, There's a lot of them out there. I know probably the favorite year after year is Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, Von Miller, those types. Who are you going for defensive player of the year? Well, I'm going to go with kind of a sleeper one you talked about before. I'm going with Devin White the linebacker with the Buccaneers. I mean, he's a second, third-year player here. Yep. And and I think he's going to get the exposure from Brady 
and being on primetime, kind of like we talked about with C.D. Lamb, but the guy's a tackling machine, force fumbles, interceptions, and sacks. And I think he's going to take even a step higher this year with a with a defense that's getting better. So he's one of those guys that maybe he's not a household name, but you're definitely going to want to watch, and he's going to stand out when you see him on TV. Yeah, so he's a second-year player. Um, last year was drafted number five overall. Drafted that high for a reason. I know he struggled with some injuries early in the year, so he wasn't making as much, you know, having that much production. But man, did he come on at the like second half of the season? He was, you know, all over, getting sacks, tackles, fumbles. He was he was scoring touchdowns. I mean, he was part of the reason why that defense has made such a, a push. And with Todd Bowles as their defensive coordinator, they're going to focus around that linebacker core they have with Levante David and Devin White. And like you said, those primetime games, I like the pick as a sleeper pick. Get, guys just get to know, need to know Devin White's name because he's going to be on the on the national scene for a while. And the obvious here is like, oh, there's Nick Bosa, Aaron Donald, like we talked about those. The problem is those guys get targeted early in the season, getting double, triple teamed, and they always seem to get their numbers. But guys like Devin White, who may be emerging a little bit, really strike early in the season and kind of set the tempo for defensive player of the year. Yep. And mine, you know, my defensive player of the year, I'm going to go with an edge rusher. Now is the question of which edge rusher do I go with? You know, I like these guys that get to the quarterback, get the sacks. I was thinking Daniel Hunter from the Vikings, you know, with Everson Griffin gone. Now he is the guy. He's really that defense is going to be set by Hunter. If he can get the sack totals, that defense will be good. I think he's going to have a great season. I decided, though, to go with one of the more, most underrated players in the NFL, but for no reason, Chandler Jones. Okay, The guy year after year is around 20 sacks. And it just seems like he's always kind of like the Russell Wilson effect where he's not getting the votes necessary, but he's just producing. Now Chandler Jones, you're talking Cardinals like with Isaiah Simmons, the, the attention that the Cardinals are kind of getting. I think Chandler Jones with the good draft that they had, um, and you're going to have teams I think now chasing the Cardinals a bit in games because Cardinals are going to have some leads. Chandler Jones is finally going to get the recognition. I think he's going to have around 20 to 21 and a half sacks next year. So that's our picks for defensive player of the year. Now, offensive player of the year, who are you, are you, what are you going to do here? Are you going to go with the quarterback? Does that mean you're going to have a position player being MVP? What are you doing here? I'm going with Dalvin Cook, running back Vikings, obviously. I think he's going to have a healthy season. And I think what Zimmer and the offense is going to do is just run the hell out of the ball. I mean, you're a little bit weaker in wide receiver than maybe you were last year with Stephon Diggs. And I think it'll be a little bit of a time to really get that going. But I think they're just going to run Dalvin Cook until the wheels fall off. And I think it's going to result in a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns for the Vikings. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's interesting. This position, it, there's been a lot of running backs winning this over the year. What was it, Michael Thomas mm-hmm. winning it last year? Do you think Dalvin Cook, I mean, like, obviously health, right, is his biggest concern. Was it hard for you to choose between like Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, let's say? Those no, three they're all, and Zeke? Yeah, they're all pretty bunched together. What separates Dalvin for you? Dalvin, to me, has just more of a breakaway speed than the others. I feel like when he puts up big games, and, and this is, I compare him more to Derrick Henry in terms of production than maybe Saquon and Zeke, is he catches more out of the backfield. But, I mean, Dalvin will have those 150, 160-yard games with two touchdowns and just absolutely control the game like Derrick Henry. And so I think it results more in wins for their team, and that's what gets him Offensive Player of the Year over maybe a Saquon Barkley who may have the yards, but it doesn't result into wins for the team. Yeah. Now let me put this one out there for you. Aaron Jones. Right? Yeah. The, the year he had last year, let's say he he replicates that a little bit. Maybe A.J. Dillon doesn't get the, the touches we think or Jamal Williams. 
give me your give me your AJ or your Aaron Jones prediction kind of for next year where he kind of lands. And I think he has a big year like he did last year. And the reason for that, and I'll let you maybe talk on it more, is if he doesn't resign with the Packers for the big deal that he's going to get, they'll run the hell out of him to get the most out of him. Yep. And, and so, yeah, that's great for possible offensive player of the year. But I just I think Dalvin has more production and it shows brighter than maybe Aaron Jones. And I wanted to go with possibly one of those guys that might be in a contract year trying to fight for as much money as they can get. And that would have been like an Aaron Jones or a Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry's got his tag. Um, yeah, Aaron Jones with, with being on his last year, I think they run the heck out of him. Then if he does well, he'll be looking for that kind of like, you know, David Johnson type money that that the Cardinals gave and, and let me say this about Aaron Jones is the year he had last year and this just shows like how much disrespect there is towards Packers running backs because they haven't been historically great didn't make the Pro Bowl and had a great year and so it'd be hard to imagine him having even a better year and then all of a sudden be an offensive you're saying put some year. name on or put, put a put, put some, some respect, respect on his name, name. yep yeah. But I, I think he has about the same type of year. Maybe he takes a step back, and there's a reason for that coming up that I'll explain. Now, I've got one question for you. I didn't mention Christian McCaffrey. Do you see him? What do you? What do you? He got the big money, right? And we know he's one of the best receiving backs, really, in NFL history so far. How do you think he does in Matt Rule's offense? Do you think there's a step back there? Or do you think he still produces the way he he, he has? I do think there'll be a step back because I think they'll really want to get Bridgewater going in the game. It's great to give McCaffrey the ball and watch all the fun things happening, but it doesn't result to wins. You're going to have to have Bridgewater make plays with the receivers, Curtis Samuel, those players, to really get wins. And my concern with McCaffrey is, and a reason for fantasy too that maybe we'll talk about in the future, is you don't want to predict injuries, but he's been used so much that at any moment – he could be hurt. Yeah, I found it interesting. You know, I didn't think they invested really in a backup this year so far anyways. I mean, Devontae Freeman's still out there and stuff. They, they could, but I didn't think they addressed all line. They didn't, right? They were the first team mm-hmm. in 10 years or whatever I'll go all to defense. go all defense. So to me, they didn't really address an O-line, and it's concerning a little bit. And, you know, I think Chris McCaffrey takes a step back. And I, I as long as Dalvin Cook's healthy, I love your pick for offensive player of the year. Mine – I'm going with another running back. You know, we talked about all these guys. So which one am I going with? It's David. No, it's not David Johnson. It's Josh Jacobs. Now, this one's a little little interesting. I thought Josh Jacobs should have won rookie of the year last year. You know, Kyler Murray had a, had a good year as a rookie. I just think Josh Jacobs' numbers. This one was hard for me. I wanted to go with a sneaky pick. Was it Josh Jacobs or I was going to go Miles Sanders? I think Miles Sanders has potential to be an absolute breakout star next year. A 2,000-yard all-purpose or all-purpose yards type guy with his catching. So Josh Jacobs, to me, can land in that Offensive Player of the Year category. What really hurt Josh Jacobs last year was they kind of got out of the playoff race, and then he got hurt. The shoulder injury. And so he sat out for three, four weeks there, and it really hurt him at the end of the year when it came to voting. But if he'd have played those last three weeks, he'd have been right up there with the rushing title. To me, Raiders still have one of the best offensive lines in football. I'm going to give them a top-five offensive line, like maybe four or five. They've, they've been known to produce keep producing these good running backs that have good uh, yards in their system. To me, you add wide receivers to the group, right? We talked about that. We didn't love necessarily the draft, but I think teams are going to have to respect the speed of Henry Ruggs, the speed of Tyrell Williams, your two tight ends, and then you know all the receivers they got. You have to respect the throwing game a little bit more. That leaves Josh Jacobs with not having a stacked box, hopefully fully healthy. He's a hungry player. He wants to prove he can do this again. And I think you're looking at maybe a 1,200-yard 14, you know, somewhere between 12, 1400 yards and maybe 15 touchdowns this year. So if you have Josh Jacobs in fantasy football, Clay Crozier, well, 
Congratulations. It's going to be fantastic. And, and I mean, all due respect to the AFC West, but they're not known for their defense. I mean, besides the Chargers. And so he's going to be able to run the hell out of the ball against the Chiefs. The only problem is if they get down early, they're going to have to throw the ball. So that's the concern is, does Josh Jacobs get the ball? And can the Raiders stay in games where they're not having to throw the hell out of the ball? And then hopefully he gets in, you know, part of that pass game, gets those 50, 60, 70 catches that you need for a fantasy relevant, very fantasy relevant running back. And I think he has to be Josh Jacobs. If Josh Jacobs isn't good this year, Raiders won't be good. That's just at the end of the day, that's kind of like your Dalvin Cook pick. It's only that really Josh Jacobs is going to get the Raiders as far as Josh Jacobs can. So that's going to move us on to the, the biggest award, and that is the MVP. I want to know who you're thinking for MVP. Are you thinking – I mean, Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are the favorites for everybody. I doubt you went with that. So let's just put them aside. Let's put Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson aside. Who are you going with for your MVP pick? And we'll both kind of throw out two here. One maybe that's more, I mean, possible after the other two and one that's more of a sleeper. The one that I really like, and I mean, it's some bias, is Aaron Rodgers. So you're more realistic yes. players, Aaron Rodgers. And, and – and they don't have the weapons. I understand that. And they didn't invest into that. But I think he's pissed off. And there's nothing more dangerous than a pissed off Aaron Rodgers in the league. It doesn't result to a Super Bowl win, but it results in big numbers in the regular season. And so I think he's going to finally take that step back up to where he was. Because I think what he's going to do is say, try to give LaFleur the middle finger and get out of Green Bay with big yards. My sleeper Well, pick, let me put this out there, right? If they go 12-4 and four again, kind of repeat – and he goes and has a good statistical season. I don't know why he wouldn't be, you know, kind of an MVP. So yeah, it makes sense to me. So my sleeper pick, and it, it's kind of becoming more of a favorite than it is more of a sleeper, is Kyler Murray. Whoa, I never thought you'd say Just that. because, I mean, he, he's going to have the ball, obviously, as a quarterback, in his hands all the time. And they're not going to run the ball a whole lot. And if they do, it's going to be an RPO. And so you get Hopkins there now. And you kind of have that electric offense with Larry Fitzgerald still there. And so I think he's just going to throw the hell out of the ball. I think he's going to have 45, 50-yard passing attempt games, and I think it's going to result into big statistical I mean, game or seasons. And it may not result into like a deep playoff run, but it may result in a wild card type of yeah. season. Let's say, yeah, I, I do agree 100% the volume is there for him to have the statistics. It's just, yeah, I think you have to have wins coinciding with the, but if, with the stats if, for them to be an MVP. If Kyler, yeah. if Kyler Murray can have those stats – and make it as a wild card team for sure he'll win mvp just because the cardinals haven't been there for how many years kurt warner yeah <laughs> no so, actually it was uh, carson palmer carson palmer but yeah i think uh i think kyler murray's a, definitely a cool sleeper pick I, I as we've seen here so if you said say kyler murray's mvp right do you think then deandre hopkins will have to be up there for offensive player of the year yeah and i don't think kyler murray has to be in the mvp conversation for hopkins to be sure. in the offensive player of the year I think Hopkins should have probably won it the last couple years. I mean, no disrespect to Michael Thomas and what he did last oh. year. Obviously should have won it. But Hopkins, in my opinion, is the best receiver in the league right now. Fair. For the people that are wondering about, oh, what are some other possible MVPs? Nelson I, Aguilar. I, I'm going, I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to throw one out that's always put out there, and I'm so tired of hearing this name, and it's overrated, and it has to do with the organization, is Deshaun Watson. Oh, man. He's a hell of an athlete. But re get some freaking wins and then come back and talk because they've been to playoffs two years in a row. Hey, if you're the Michael Jordan of the NFL, like your college coach says, do something. I and and the 
you're not going to have Hopkins there, but you saw people going, oh, he's this great quarterback, and he's and he's going to be the MVP. Eventually, they're going to give it to him just because of who he is. And on a good team with a good organization, absolutely, he's an MVP type of player. But keep him out of your mouth this year because he's not going to be there. So I think there's a little bit of Bill O'Brien hate thrown into that, almost more than Deshaun Watson I, hate. I, but what I will say – the stats back him up these last two years as being – I thought he was he was my favorite last year for MVP. It ended up not living up to that. But, yeah, with Hopkins gone, what, David Johnson going to all of a sudden be a 2,000-yard running back? Like, you can't you can't think of Deshaun Watson as an MVP. I'll tell you what, though. If, if the Texans are going to make the playoffs again, Deshaun Watson will be in that category. He would have to to elevate all those receivers. And, and here's my beef with it is there's always been excuses for him. He doesn't have a line. He doesn't have this. He doesn't. Aaron Rodgers dealt with the same shit for how many years of running for his life, not having weapons, blah, blah, blah. And he's still elevated to an MVP type of season. So if your coach is going to say you're Michael Jordan of the NFL, do it. I mean, everybody's always got an excuse for him. And I don't dislike Deshaun Watson, but if if, if you're going to hype him up every year, then it's time to move on. But we'll move on from this. Well, we'll I, will go to just, I will point out, hold on, because you can't just slander him and not let me defend him. You defended him once. But, well, you slandered him twice. So here's my thing, right? Like, the stats will back it up. If you go look, the stats back up his last two years of production. And granted, it was his college quarterback or coach saying he's the M- he's the Michael Jordan of the mm-hmm. league. And he's the Dabo Sweeney's not in the NFL. So the NFL is completely different. To me, it's Bill O'Brien that's going to absolutely destroy Deshaun Watson. I agree with you. If he was at a really, really good team, right, with a good leadership, good, you know, continue to have good weapons or reliable weapons and not injured, not the injured Will Fullers every year, he would be in the MVP category. I do think this year it's going to be a big drop back for Deshaun Watson, sadly, because I do want him to succeed. Um, and I do think, though, going forward, he's one of the top three best quarterbacks that will, like, you know, with his age at 26 years old, He's one of the best young quarterbacks, the top three young quarterbacks with like Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. I don't know who else you'd throw in there that's under 26 years old that's better than him No, besides I, those two. so There's no doubting the athleticism. If I'm him, if I'm offering him advice, and I mean, obviously he doesn't listen to this. They shouldn't. And, I, and, I, and obviously, like, I'm not an executive in those, but he, does, he shouldn't be signing with the Texans. Agreed. Look what they did to him. They took his number one target out of there for nothing. 100%. I mean – Johnson's not going to offer anymore, and I I'd be looking for a team that you can get to, and they're going to help develop around you instead of just taking flyers on linemen. Do but, you have a team like this? this in theory, because I agree with you, he should not resign with the Texans. It'd be an absolute d- disservice to his career. I'm just thinking of a team in the NFL that you know would be a really really good fit. Dolphins to me would be a lovely fit, but of course they drafted um, drafted Tua. I'm just trying to think of a team around there, and maybe we don't have one off the you know uh, off the cuff that would be a really good fit for Deshaun Watson that would fit the culture would fit him. The management would fit him. Bill O'Brien on his way out should do Deshaun Watson a favor and ship him to the Patriots. Just trade him. (laughs) But the one team that I would like him to see is, and I could see this happening. And I mean, that's obviously an in-division type thing, but if he left and signed somewhere, I could see him with a team like the Colts just because Phillip Rivers is going to be gone. Eason may not be the answer. We'll see there, but there may be an opening there. And he could fit right into there with a very good offensive line, which he has lacked for a very long time, Absolutely. and a young defense coming up. But yeah. we've talked about Deshaun Watson enough in an MVP race, so we'll move on to who your MVPs are for this coming yeah. season. Yeah, so my MVP is Deshaun Watson. No, I'm kidding. My favorite, the guy I think most realistic, and the guy that, again, he just deserves it at this point, 
is Russell Wilson. And I want to say one thing before we go there. Oh, for course. you that don't know, is he has never had one MVP vote, which is Russell Wilson this year, yes, by the way, which is criminal in the NFL. So Russell Wilson has become Leonardo DiCaprio of of That's the, the NFL. Worst no, it's not because Leo should have won Oscars in the past for best actor. I think he won for The Revenant just because it was kind of like a here you should win it now because you know you didn't win it in the past. I think Russell Wilson, if he goes and has a really good statistical year, which he should, I think they would have some. It, desire to kind of give him the MVP I think he, he's deserved it in the past multiple years he's led in touchdowns or he's led in yards whatever it might be he's led the NFL I think twice in the last four years in touchdowns and he's yet to win an MVP or even get a vote at this point so for me I think the Seahawks are a team that are going to be in the playoffs again this year I think can be very dangerous in the playoffs and I think Russell Wilson will finish top in touchdowns maybe behind Mahomes if if you know and and maybe second in yards We'll see. I, it's hard to say with Mahomes out there, but I think Russell Wilson is is my favorite for MVP. And I'll tell you, Russell Wilson to be able to win the MVP is going to have to take that team, put it on his back again, and he's going to have to be the number one seed in the NFC. Otherwise, they won't pay attention to him. They they just take for granted what he does. They do absolutely, just like Leonardo DiCaprio in all of his movies. No. So my sleeper though is a little bit more interesting. Kind of like you know, you had Kyler Murray. I'm going to take another young quarterback. Um, you know, he's not on Deshaun Watson's level, but it's Josh Allen. You know, to me, again, if Buffalo's getting these primetime games, if they're going to kind of be projecting Buffalo to, to, you know, be back in the playoffs, maybe win that AFC East, which is what I'm projecting to happen, Josh Allen's going to have to make this step up. And also, if you look at, you know, Lamar Jackson's success last year, a lot of that came from rushing. Josh Allen can run the ball like no one's business, get the rushing touchdowns, get the passing. They've added weapons for him that I think would really help. That Bills team's up and coming, good defense. I just think Josh Allen, not that I think he will. It's just, I think, a very good sleeper pick. And here's one of my concerns is that their schedule, I mean, falls into the 100%. AFC West, which is part of the toughest schedule. So I, I do think he he could put up the statistical numbers to compete for an MVP. I think he's maybe a, a year or two away from really being there. I mean, it's so hard for guys with Mahomes and Lamar Jackson doing yeah. the things they do. These Especially are, in the AFC. Yeah. I mean, these are just kind of our thoughts on, hey, these are some players outside of the obvious that we really want people to pay attention to this year and give credit to where credit's due. When you mentioned, you know, the hard schedule, to me, my thought process is, okay, if, if the if they are, if the Bills are going to win the AFC East and make the playoffs with the hard, one of the hardest schedules in the NFL, he's going to have to have some pretty unreal numbers and lead a team, you know, limit the turnovers and things like that which then would just lead to him being in the category, maybe in the conversation for the MVP. But yeah, I, I, it's very much a sleeper pick at this point. But that's really going to do it for us for episode 12. Um, you know, I we really don't have much more to talk about. We've talked about Deshaun Watson way too much. Um, what we really, we might be taking a little bit of a break here for between episode 12 and episode 13. Um, I'm going to be moving to a new location. Uh, we've just got some things coming up that we might be a, a bit of a delay, week and a half delay or so. So Keep giving us your, your recommendation for episodes. We love doing this with Isaac. Thank you, Isaac, for giving us this, this topic to talk about. Yeah, and if you want to hear us, I mean, argue about something like we did to Sean Watson, throw some stuff out there. I mean, we'll look into it, give our opinions, whether they're good, bad. I mean, we, we just want to hear from you guys. Yeah, and so we're going to open up another spot for a fantasy football league that's going to be coming up. Again, cash prize for whoever wins this. It's a redraft league, so it's just one, one time this year. No, it's not a dynasty league. Um, we've got... Four spots filled or five spots filled. I think four spots at this point. So we're going for spot number five. 
to get into this league, the competition for this week will be when you see this post on Facebook with the episode in it, um, first person to share it and comment on the episode post, your favorite team and who you think is going to be MVP will get a spot in the Fantasy Football League, get a shout out. And then if you want to, why don't you throw on a recommendation on there too? We'll talk about it. We'll shout you out. Um, and we'll see if Robert Slander is your, your quarterback of your team. But for that, that's episode 12. Please, you know, like and share and, and stay active on the socials. Give us your recommendations. Stay healthy. And as always, keep it sleazy. And we're out. Yeah.